we, our church year goes from May 1st to April 30th. And the main place we were over in budget last year was in nursery. And I'm like, hey, we got to talk. What's going on here? Then it kind of dawns on you going, oh, yeah, I know what's going on here. So we need your help. So that's where our main over, really, that was the main place we were over this last year in budget was that. Okay, so, but you know what? That's, that's, uh, that's the blessing of everything else going on, right? Amen. Amen. Let me pray here. Lord, as we start this new series around Hebrews, Lord, your word, help us as those who will be speaking on this over these next many weeks and really months, Lord, as we work through this wonderful book, Lord, that is filled with, we could do this the whole next year. We, who knows? We might. But Lord, just help us glean and understand what the purpose of this letter was written, Lord. Lord, that today I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation thoughts of my heart will be pleasing unto you, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, if you're receiving uh, an email or, or text from someone, the written word, we often look at that, and it's, it's, you know, it's a very acceptable way to do it. We do that so often, you know, for all kinds of different reasons. But I, I talk about it a lot of times. I, I like that for more for information, not for conversation. How many of you kind of work that? I'd rather just get, but, but a lot of us nowadays would rather just have a conversation, which again, I understand that. It's often very efficient to do that, but what if that person who's been emailing you or texting you, maybe you don't know them very well, but you've been emailing you, and then they show up at your door, and I don't mean in a creepy way, okay? I don't mean like they're, they're, they're stalking you kind of way, but they show up at your door, and now they just share what they've been sharing by email. Now they want to have that face-to-face. And now you see their countenance. Now you see hear their tone. Now you see their body language. It changes things, doesn't it? And so much, like I said, the communication we have today is by the written word and more than maybe ever. I used to say, you know, when I got into ministry 30 years ago, there was four ways you could get a hold of me, really, just really four ways. Office phone, home phone, U.S. mail, and face-to-face. That's it. There was no other way. How many ways are there today? And I've said often, it's not just people's accessibility, it's the expectation of that accessibility. Now they've got so many various ways, and if you haven't commented, you haven't liked, or you haven't done this or that, somehow or another, you've shorted them. You, 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 you've somehow or another dissed them. I don't know if that's the right word anymore. They, we still use that. I mean, that's, that's 20 years ago, but you know what I'm saying? You, you're like, hey, you didn't say anything about that. You didn't respond to me quick enough. You didn't, have ever had that happen? By the written word. But if we're going to have a conversation, I'd rather do it by phone or face-to-face. That, that's just me. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard someone's voice? Especially, you know, when you hear them on the phone, but especially like a personality on the radio. And you hear their voice, 
and then you think you got this image of what they look like, and then you finally see the picture of them, you're going, hmm. And I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> you just somehow in your head, you're going, this is what they look like. Now, some of you, if you're like me, uh, you're cruising across the valley and you listen to certain different radio personalities. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you listen to, and I'm not saying you need to go listen to any of these. I'm just saying the ones I end up on with, with Woofley, Ron Woofley, or Burns and Gambo, or I hear, you know, I hear uh, uh, Gatos and Chad, or I hear Mike Broomhead. How many of you even know who they are? I mean, anybody in here know who these people are? Okay, you know who they are. And the first time, and it's kind of strange because Woofley played in the NFL over here on the left. He is the voice, the color analyst for the, for the Cardinals. I don't know why the first time I ever saw him going, that didn't go together. Because you only know in part. And even if you met them face to face, you might even find out even they're different than what you hear what they're saying on the radio. But even in person, like my mom, I think I told you on Mother's Day, I, I used to call my mom. My mom's been gone now five years, but passed away five years ago, but I used to call her. I'd call her other days too, but I called her every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. And we would talk, and it was, it was important to me, but I, I, I believe it was important to her. But there was nothing like sitting in, the, in her mobile home, in her manufactured home, let me say it even a more distinct, more manufactured home in Wicks, Arkansas, on that hill looking out across there. There's nothing like that, though. And I remember the night, the day I drove away, and we had a unique way of honking the horn. We know that is kind of our, our deal as we left my mom and dad's house. We'd honk the horn a certain way. And the last time I did that, in December 2017, knowing the only way I'll probably ever talk to her again is by phone. It works, but it's not the same. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, son, who he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe, the son of the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for his sin, our sins, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I hope I can finish this passage of scripture in three sermons. Let's drop back just a little bit in Hebrews, and there's others who could do a much better job at it, but I hope I can give you just a little snapshot it's important for us to understand that as the writer of Hebrews, and we don't know exactly who this is, and there's theories, I, I get it, but, but we're not going to camp on that because it really at this point doesn't matter. But one of the things is these Christians, that their faith is being challenged by the Jews. And the writer of Hebrews is trying to make a real clear point to not only those who believe, but even those who will 
hear the letter who maybe don't believe at this time, that this faith and what we believe is not a subset of Judaism. It is not, it is not oh, let's tag this on, kind of like some of you like doing with Jesus. I'm just going to tag Jesus on to my life because it sure seems like a good bet, right? <laughs> I'm just going to add Jesus to the mixture of all my other portfolio because I would just say inside of my portfolio of life, having Jesus in that portfolio is just a good bet. And the writer is saying, no, that ain't how this is working. That's not what I'm about to tell you. What I'm about to tell you is this is the completion. This is the fulfillment. This is the apex. This is the summit of everything you've thought up to this point. I don't want you to miss it. For some of you, you have, over your lifetime, circumstances have brought you to June 4th, 2023. And you've gotten fragments and pieces along the way. If you've gotten a little bit of wooing here, or if you've been introduced to somebody there, or you've met this or that, you've had encounters here and there, you can't really explain that. Okay, you have these things, and there's been these pits, bits and fragments, and all of a sudden, one day, boom, it now all begins to make sense. Anybody ever been there? I, mean, I was 27 years old when that finally hit me going, all of this has been going and working for this moment. Ancestors through the prophets, God spoke. And he spoke in various ways. I know when I first became a Christian at 27, and I've shared with you many times, I won't go into detail, but I really didn't know much about Scripture. I really didn't know much about the Bible or anything along that line. And, but, but, but so when I gave my life to the Lord, and I was working at the aluminum mill, and I had often so much time to read. I really did so much time. It's crazy because, and I got permission to do it. I wasn't doing it uh, you know, out of step with my employer. They said, yeah, sure, you can read because you only work. Like I say work, I'm out there, and it's like 100 and something degrees in Texarkana, Texas. Humidity because of all the coolant flying through there and humidity in Texarkana, Texas. There's no telling how, how hot it was out there. And I'm sitting next to coils that are coming off this big machine that are five, 600 degrees, and I'm putting the temperature on them, and I, I mean, the gauge on them. And so it's just, it's just brutal. And you'd only do that for like five to seven minutes, then you would sit until this coil, this big old slab of metal would, would go up and down through there and go from 25 foot long to a mile and a quarter long because it would become this big coil. It took a while, so I'd sit there and read my Bible. And I'd been a Christian at that time. Just and, you know, well, I wasn't a Christian when I started working at IMAX, and six months in, I, I became a Christian. But I only read the New Testament, and I only read Psalms and Proverbs, because that was what went with it, right? Over and over and over. There's no telling how many times I read that. That's all I did was sit there and read. And part of it was 
Because I thought, because I know Jesus had just transformed my life, I wanted to know about Jesus. But here's the deal. He was also in the Old Testament. I just didn't know it. Here's the downside of being a Christian as green as I was. And it wasn't a stumbling block, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. It wasn't a stumbling block for me. I just kind of thought this thing, the whole thing about Jesus was, okay, this thing's going along, uh, you know, this whole history of the world's going along, and all of a sudden, Jesus just kind of parachutes in. Saves the world. You know, if that's all I ever thought, I'm still saved. Because I believe in Romans 10. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That Christ died, was raised from the dead. If that's all I ever believed, I'm okay. God's been speaking through the prophets in various ways, through burning bushes, through visions, Isaiah and the temple. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He's there. He's speaking. He were okay. Don't worry. Trust in me. He's showing up and speaking in various ways, and has been. But then he shows up. But even the disciples, right? Even with Jesus, them walking with him, they still didn't quite understand what they were seeing, right? Because it is hard to imagine they're going, Jesus, when are you going to restore us? Acts 1, 6, and 7. When are you going to do that? Even after, he's, he's already died and been resurrected, How's, and he's about to ascend. How do they still get that confused? What I hope by us reading Hebrews and us teaching on Hebrews is that there's no question when we get to the end of this, maybe today, but even especially to, to the end of it, that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus was there in the beginning, the alpha. He'll be there at the end in the omega in that sense. He didn't just parachute in going... Hey, sure, I'll go take care of those guys. You know what? They messed up back, way back there. You know, I was out doing something else, but, but God, God the Father called me over and said, hey, I need to get this cleaned up. I know I didn't realize this was going to happen. I didn't know that all this fall thing was going to happen. Now I got to get this cleaned up. Can you come help me? 
Well, okay, how am I helping you? Well, you've got to go die for them because there's got to be a sacrificial because they've been, they've been sacrificing, so there's got to be blood sac. Sure. Sure, I'll go in human form. Sure, I will. For in him all things were created. Colossians 1.16. Things in heaven and earth. Visible and invisible. Don't look for it, it's not up there. And I hope by the time we get to the end of this series, for some of you, maybe even today, you come to the conclusion as I came to the conclusion all these years ago. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which he must be saved. Christians often get a bad rap, I think, on this particular point. We'll teach more into the depths of these scriptures, I hope and pray, over these many weeks. One of the bad raps is we, why are you guys so dogmatic about Jesus being the way? But on the other side, they would say, hey, you hypocrites. See, I believe I'm a hypocrite if I do not believe Jesus is the only way. Because when I read scripture, I believe it's very clear that he is the only way. And the reason going through Hebrews, we will realize that he is the only way because he was there in the beginning. The whole universe is held up by him. We are willing to die on that hill, if you will, lack of a better way to say it. And so, yeah, we're a little dogmatic about it. We're a little bit sometimes going, okay, I want to do this with grace, but... If I, if I don't believe that, then I really am going to have a hard time with Hebrews. Because Hebrews is going to tell you over and over and over. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's going to tell you over and over. He was there in the beginning. He's going to tell you over and over and over. And if you don't believe that, you're going to be in trouble. And what I mean trouble, not with me. I'm going to get all the principal's office. I don't mean that. What I'm saying is you're going to have a hard time You have a real hard time living into the fullness of what God has for you. When you are not fully convinced 
that one, he is God. He's just not a reflection of God. He is God. He didn't just show up on the scene later. Thank goodness he did in human form, but he's always been there. That's the reason why when he says, you're a new creation, when you come to Christ, you're a new creation, guess what? He was there when you were created in the first place. That matters. So when we get a little fired up about our belief in Jesus, and if we meet someone who says, man, you're just, you just, you're a little, you know, you need to calm down. We believe he's the answer for every human being, though. It's not just add a little Jesus, add a little Allah, add a little whoever, just add a little religion, just do that, put that in your portfolio. That's just not what we believe. You know, I, I had a, a good friend of mine who's, who's Muslim and he, he, one of his statements he made to me, I think I've shared this before, one of his statements he made to me one time, he and I still get along great, but he, he just made to me, he said, Kurt, I don't understand, he's taking it, said it as a general statement, then he asked me directly, he said, I don't understand why, why other religions proselyte, why they, why they try to pull people away from other people's religion. I just don't understand that. Why don't people just leave other people alone? It just doesn't make any sense to me and, and, and I was talking to him, and I said, I said, well, how long have you been Muslim? He said, well, I was born Muslim. And he said, my, my family is Muslim. I, I'm, I'm, you know, of course, my, I'm Muslim. My kids are Muslim. And, and, and I said, okay. I said, well, I don't know if you know this, but I was born in a Christian home, but I wasn't born a Christian. He goes, well, I don't understand that. I said, my parents were Christians. But I had to be converted. You're not born Christian. I mean, you're not born a follower of Christ. Everybody who follows Christ has to be converted. And I said, so for us, it can be of no religion, of all kinds of religions. We just know that whoever's going to follow Jesus, and we believe he is the only way, you've probably heard it before, we believe he is the only way because we believe in order not to be hypocrites from what we believe scripture says, we have to believe that. And we genuinely believe that. So in order for us to be true to who we are, we share our faith with as many people as we willing to listen and some that are not. <laughs> because we believe everybody that comes to know Christ is converted from something, from nothingness to another set of beliefs or whatever. So it makes it hard. Because when people hear us like that, they think we're a little off, think we're a little narrow-minded, And so we read Hebrews and, and we read where God spoke 
basically since the beginning of time, especially in the, in, when we read his word, and we'll talk more about that next week, in the word, the word, the word, that John talks about the word, we're talking about Jesus. <laughs> that for some, again, especially outside of the faith, but even like I said, even me inside the faith, who are, is a new believer, just, just for some reason in my mind thinking Jesus just kind of came in later. Again, we love heroes, right? And if that's all you ever believe, okay. But I want to challenge it. Years ago, when I was at Crossroads Nazarene Church in Chandler, we did a, back when we had choirs, choirs and musicals, and not musicals, but orchestras and all kinds of different stuff. They asked me to read something with the song of music playing behind it. And I don't remember what the song was, but I do want to read this, and hopefully it will make some sense to you as we begin to move to communion this morning. But I think at the beginning of Hebrews, this might be appropriate. In Genesis, he is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet likened to Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. Amen? Amen. In Esther, he is our, Mor- he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our day spring from on high and our ever-loving, our ever-loving redeemer. In Psalms, he is the Lord, our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he is our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the burning fiery furnace, right? Amen. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer and the Holy Ghost in fire. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is the mighty savior, mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our Great foreign missionary in Micah, he is the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, revive by work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he is the savior. In Haggai, he is the redeemer and restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened in the house of David for sin and uncleanliness. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the Messiah. In Mark, he is the wonder worker. In Luke, he is the 
Son of Man. In John, he is the Son of God. In Acts, he is the Holy Spirit. In Roman, he is our justifier. In 1 Corinthians, in Corinthians, he is the sanctifier. In Galatians, he is the redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he is the Christ and unreachable riches. In Philippians, he is the God who supplies all our needs. In Colossians, he is the fullness of Godhead boldly. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is our soon coming king. In 1 and 2 Timothy, he is our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he is our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he is a friend that sits closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he is the great physician. In First and Second Peter, he is the chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading fading glory. In First, Second, and Third John, he is the everlasting love. In Jude, he is the Lord coming with ten thousands, ten thousands of his saints. And in Revelation, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So if you ever question, so if you ever question where was he, he loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. Amen. Amen. Van, won't you come back up, Adrian? As we move into the time of coming together as a family around the Lord's table. Take time just to pause for a minute as they come. I love hearing that sound. Thank you, Lord. It reminds us, Lord, of this unconditional love. Of a baby being born into our family that have not earned one thing. But there is this overwhelming love for this person. Reminds us, reminds us of your love for us, of going to the cross, but they don't deserve it. That really has nothing to do with it in this sense. Because you first loved us while we were still deep in our sin. You saw us. I saw you sitting under the tree. I saw you. Lord, you saw me? Lord, I tried to hide from you. As we read Hosea off that list, we were Hosea. We, we, we were Hagar. We, in that in that story, we are the lost. We are the ones being bought back. We're the ones who have run. 
when we didn't deserve it. Lord, I pray as we now just take just a moment to pause. Just rest. One examining ourselves of anything. The words of my mouth or the meditation of my heart. If there's anything there, Lord, bring that to the surface. Let it be pleasing unto you, Lord. I take what is not pleasing and being recognized and willing and surrender. Or as we've said earlier, Lord, that one thing maybe that we have not trusted you fully with. I'm speaking to me, Lord, as much as I am to anyone in this room. Lord, as we come around this table today as a family, we remember as we take the bread represents your body the blood that was shed for us it brings into completion of all the things the prophets had said now in human form your blood shed for us Or for some in here, they need to go back maybe to just that day before they come to know you as Savior. Unbelievable change, unbelievable. Moment that changed the trajectory of their life. Lord, for some in this room today, maybe today is the day of salvation. That, Lord, they would simply confess with their mouth that you are Lord. They believe that you died and rose again. Believe it in their heart. They shall be saved. Good Lord, right now as we do this together as a family, that you would bless this time. We pray this in your name, Jesus.